Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, we're going to preview the upcoming game against the Boston Bruins. We're going to take a look at what Montreal and Kent Hughes can do about the injured player list that is 10 miles long at this point, including some good news for later on in the spring. And we're going to take a moment. We're going to discuss the SB Nation Vox kerfuffle all coming up inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 771 of Lockdown Canadians. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And as always, if you are listening to us wherever you get your podcast, thank you for subscribing. You can find us free and daily wherever you get your podcast. If you are watching us on YouTube, Thank you so much for subscribing. Make sure you ring the bell to get notified every time we post a brand new episode. I go live to eat something horrific and scarring that makes my girlfriend quite scared for what she got herself into. Uh, And before I turn the show over to my host in a second, I have to thank her for handling Sunday's episode. Not only did I get to witness the Buffalo Bills lose in person in the snow and freezing cold while trying to cope with the fact that I've lost my writing job as of right now, uh, I have to thank Laura for managing that show and taking that uh, across uh, for me here. So, Laura, I am going to uh, turn it over to you. How are you feeling today? I'm doing great. I am feeling, obviously, like most Habs fans that have any kind of, you know, that consume any of our content on the internet, the, um, the, you know, sort of the demise of uh, on, you know, of one of the biggest communities where I started really making my name as a, as a hockey writer, as a Habs writer. Um, And that's the reason that we know each other. That's the reason that we are the ones that host this show. I mean, locked on found us like largely due to our work on Habs eyes on the prize. So I do feel like the loss is along with the rest of the Habs community, but I know we're going to talk a little bit about that later on and how, you know, some of the great content that's on there and hopefully the way that you might be able to migrate it somewhere else because it is valuable content for Habs fans. And we'll talk about that a little bit later because there's so many things going on in Habs land right now. Yeah. uh, And I want to give people, we're going to give them the Habs content they want from us every single day. And then they don't have to listen to me talk about the whole SB nation boxing. If they don't want to, because I understand it has been everywhere at this point, the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, I, I wasn't on the podcast to say this, defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime on Saturday night, which was hilarious to everyone who isn't it. a Leafs fan. Um, the biggest thing about all of this is, is that now they have another rivalry game. It is the Boston Bruins, and the Boston Bruins, despite us not really wanting to say this, are very, very good this year. And not just like, oh, they're going to make the playoffs like, we're talking, you know, late 90s Bulls, last dance kind of good for Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci and a whole bunch of other players. 
just a scary good team under Jim Montgomery. And I got to be honest, I'm a little afraid for the Canadians in this game because, yeah, Toronto's good, but Toronto doesn't always have it between the ears. The Bruins this year are a team that are just dialed in, not counting their egregious handling of the Mitchell Miller situation, which is not related to currently what is happening on this team. Just a devastatingly good team. Top to bottom, good goaltending, good defensive depth, offensive firepower. It's it's not going to be a pretty game for the Canadians. If they manage to keep this respectable, aka not losing by five plus goals, I honestly think that you just go, cool, and you just move on to the next thing here. I want them to have some fight and some fire like they did against Toronto but Boston's just such a different level of scary this year that I am a little bit worried for whoever's going in net because Martin St. Louis wouldn't comment if it would be Caden Primo or Samuel Montembeau starting against the Bruins. And that's the thing, as much as we would like to deny it, the Bruins are literally at the top of the league standings right now. There's no getting away from that. And there's a thing that they do have in common with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now everybody stay with me on this. Um, Mitch Marner... Apparently, so we all know that after they won the Stanley Cup in 2011, uh, they all went out and got Stanley Cup champion tattoos. But it was Champ- all champions. Yeah, it was all spelt incorrectly. So Brad Marchand was uh, proudly displaying a tattoo that was spelt champions instead of champions. Um, and if you looked at it closely enough, it looked like it said Starly Cup Chen PRs. Um, but if you want to talk about bad tattoos or incorrect tattoos, turns out that Mitch Marner has a tattoo of Poseidon that he thinks is a tattoo of Zeus. <laughs> so, and if you want to tattoo someone on yourself, like Zeus is not the way to go. I know our nemesis will, will back us up on this. So um, I know Scott has something to say, but I just, it doesn't have anything to do with on ice play or whatever, but I just, I really wanted to mention that. <laughs> because I found this out today and I've been having a like a grand old time like reading the tweets about it because it is so funny. So thank you for reminding me of this because I have to bring up a tweet. I actually tweeted this on my birthday three years ago. Uh, And this is um, Mitch. The tattoo has led to others, including the one that he had done in the summer of 2017, the Greek God Zeus on his inner right forearm. I was reading up on Greek mythology for a few summers, said Marner's of the Zeus tattoo. I liked the story of Zeus and how he was a guy that everyone looked up to and everyone went to answers for. I liked all the things I read about, to which I said, Mitch should Google Leda and the Swan and then do some more reading. And that's where we're going to end that because I cannot discuss what Leda and the Swan is actually about on this podcast because we will be demonetized very, very quickly. Do me a favor, read it yourself. It's not exactly a cheerful story. Bad tattoos. Uh, the only difference is uh, the Bruins got theirs after they won something. So I guess that's kind of fair play. They were probably very drunk when it happened. Um, I don't like the Canadians odds in this, but I didn't like the Canadians odds going into the Toronto game either. They've been resilient, but I think this is the kind of game where, you know, if the Habs are Sisyphus, this is the boulder coming back down the hill to stick with mythology here for a little bit. Uh, I am... I am hopeful they can, you know, 
make something of this. I'd like to see someone step up like Rem Pitlick did and like Rafael Harvey Pinar did against Toronto, but it's going to be a potentially ugly game here. And that's because yes, Laura, how many minutes do we think Nick Suzuki is going to play? I hope to God it's not almost 26. Cause he's <laughs> going to get hard matched against Patrice Bergeron. And we, we don't want to kill Nick Suzuki. We, we don't, we like Nick Suzuki. Like just don't, which part of the reason Nick Suzuki is playing 26 minutes against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Canadians are injured to heck and back on this team here. We're going to discuss the injuries and what they can do and what might be coming down the road this summer. But first, as we said earlier, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And the NFL playoffs are here. And we are really excited about our new sports betting partner here at Locked On because they are the number one sportsbook in the United States FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports easy and fun. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props, everything you're looking for. Plus, you can even combine your pets bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Obviously, you want to take a look at the money line for the Habs game. Maybe you think they keep it close. Maybe you think Nick Suzuki goes ham. You might as well use FanDuel and check that out. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And remember, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, and we are also here to remind you with our new sponsor of FanDuel, whom we love. Please bet responsibly in all circumstances. The Canadians, they are injured. They are very, very injured. They are not quitting on the season because I don't think a lot of these guys, some of the guys on this team do not know how to quit. And the injury news isn't super great. We've discussed this ad nauseum at this point. Uh, Obviously, the Caulfield news dropped going into the weekend, which was less than ideal. And Laura obviously did a great job covering that in Monday's episode. Sean Bonahan appears to be relatively close to returning. He's still skating in a non-contact jersey. He should be back relatively soon. However, beyond that, there isn't much. If we're being very honest, in the AHL, Brandon Giniak is the only guy close to returning in the forward group. He is on an AHL-only deal. Madison Bowie and Tori Dello should be back in relative short order. Madison Bowie's on an NHL deal. Tori Dello is not. The injury news doesn't look like it's getting much better for the Canadians. And I don't want to make a trade or claim someone just for the sake of doing it. But at some point, uh, Ken Hughes is going to have to do something because they're like one more injury away and either, God forbid, in net of just catastrophically undoing everything here. And Laura... Am I just being a little bit panicky or am I kind of reacting rationally given the fact that it seems like everyone on the Canadians has bonitis right now? Everybody is injured. Um, It's not panic. It's actually not. And I think concern is good. 
Uh, I think concern is, is, is a good word to use, sorry, for what's going on right now, because like we are as a, as a fan base, as a community expressing concern about how the Canadians have been handling injuries of late. There are so many man games lost to injury. Um, and I talked a little bit about it in our last podcast. So I do think that there's definite concern. But also, I mean, there's literally a lack of bodies. There's literally no butts in the seats or on the bench, as it were. So I, I don't know where the Canadians go from here. I saw some people talking about how they weren't going to really pick guys up off, off of waivers. And kind of makes sense to me. It's like, why would you do that? Like, why would you add to your contract limit or why would you add to your numbers just for the sake of adding numbers but I'm still like a little bit concerned because there's literally no cushioning that's the concern that I have so like what are the options that they have can they do emergency call-ups like how many yeah how many people can they call do do they want to mess with the chemistry in Laval given how long it took for them to write the ship down there like what do you do or up there as it were when you're talking from Montreal as I am it's north um so you know, what do you do? I, and I think I think it's legitimately a, a concern. And so, like you said, the contract part is a very prominent part. They are 46 to 50 contracts, which is great because we assume they are going to move some of these out in the relatively near future here. That much is almost guaranteed. However, the news uh, from Matthias Brunet today, and I am very sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. I'm not doing it intentionally. Matthias Brunet. There we go. Uh, that Sean Farrell and Emil Heineman will likely join the Canadians this spring after their respective seasons are over. Farrell will obviously have to sign an entry-level contract, and uh, Emil Heineman already has his. He signed that earlier. That puts them, I believe, um, at 48 unless ELC's kind of not 100% sure, but they're going to still be close. You also have Jaden Struble, who's going to be in there. Um, they signed Mashar already. So they're very they're relatively close to their contract limit. And I think Kent Hughes wants to have that flexibility because you got to assume whatever first-round first pick they're sign, get drafting this year is signing and playing next year. So that's another contract space. you got to figure he wants to add someone in this forward group here in the relative near future, there is some flexibility. And before anyone asks about Lane Hudson, Lane Hudson's likely staying at least one more year in the NCA, unless he absolutely blows the doors off the Canadians, which I still think that's the right choice to have him stay a year in the NCAA. It's good that in the future, in the spring likely means early March at the soonest for Farrell and potentially Heinemann, depending on when the SHL playoffs begin and how Harvard does um, in the I, in the ECAC uh, playoffs to make or to head towards uh, the frozen four. But at the same time, they still have issues now. And I'm very curious. They talked about it on game over a little bit is that Calgary has apparently really been interested in Josh Anderson, but if Josh Anderson goes out, the name that mentioned coming back is Milan Lucic and a top prospect. That still doesn't solve all the problems. The biggest thing I think the Canadians are going to have to ask for is that if they are trading one of their premium assets, they got to get NHL bodies back in here. And I do wonder if before too long, uh, if they grab someone off of waivers, if they're just waiting for the right person. Uh, we talked about Ellie Tolvanen during the last uh, mailbag episode. And that, yeah, now, of course, claim him. That makes perfect sense. But here we are, and at the same time, you can't always predict that everyone's going to get injured at that point. So 
I, I, I think something is cooking. I just don't know what it is. And now that I've said that out loud at about eight, 17 tonight Kent Hughes is going to pull off like a seven player trade don't ask me how don't ask me who's getting traded but I can feel it in my bones that something is cooking it just hasn't come to a head yet and that's the thing it's like you know he's not going to be he's not going to be tipping his hand before he gets what he wants but I do think that I you know I shook my head at Milan Lucic but I don't think it's unreasonable for the Canadians to take a contract off people's hands um, to clear some cap space, particularly player, uh, teams that might be headed towards the playoffs and they want to get rid of some dead weight and they want to add on a rental or whatever. You can kind of like play musical chairs with that. Uh, and at the same time, you get a pick or a prospect, depending on what team it is and where they would be picking or what prospects they have in the pipeline. You kind of get the prospect in exchange for taking a body off their hands, but also adding a body that can play the remainder of the year in Montreal. And I think that's the hard part is that there have been names on waivers, but cap space is a very hot commodity. Like Ken Hughes said, and we mentioned this last week, is there's work to be done and a lot of work to be done. The Canadians aren't in a super great spot. Don't get me wrong. It rules that they beat Toronto and that they can put in these efforts. It's still a team that has a long way to go, and they are currently in a cap situation that is not great because it's only going up a million dollars. Yeah, it's a million dollars, but you have big off-season contracts, and you had ambitions for trading here. And I'm, I'm very curious how Kent Hughes navigates this because, like I said, they're one injury away. And I have my own feelings about Kirby Doc that I think he's playing injured after Radko Gudis tried to knee him. But a lot like Caulfield, it's not serious enough for him to miss time. And I very much hope I'm wrong because there's not much left to recall at this point that's going to help the Canadians. And that's just a third piece of maybe this year will be better and we'll get to see these young guys thrive. That's just going to go out the window, but we're going to kind of shift things off from here into a little bit of a personal segment, but that's all going to be coming up in our next segment. But first also one of our sponsors today is the folks at athletic greens. It is a product that I use every morning because it helps to kickstart my morning because it's full of B vitamins, super pills, or super probiotics, all those things that help you get your morning started, give you that boost of energy and help you start your day. Athletic Greens is lifestyle friendly. So if you are vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you can take this without having to worry about that. And even better, it is the middle of winter. It's still cold. It is snowy, not as much sunlight. If you sign up today for Athletic Greens, you're going to get a year supply of vitamin D to help boost your immune system, and your energy during those long winter months. And it's got over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts. It has everything that you are looking for. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it even easier, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians and... Um, to shift from the injury discourse, uh, we're going to take this kind of in a personal route. I know Laura touched on this 
uh, in her three up three down segment. And I know a lot of you have seen this all over Twitter. They talked about it on game over Montreal, and I'm sure this will not be the last we hear of this. Uh, for those who might be unaware, who you know just aren't as uh, chronically online as some of us are, uh, as of Friday, when I found this news out, Vox Media, who is the parent company that oversees SB Nation and all these other sites, and obviously SB Nation and breaking that down into the umbrellas of NHL, NFL, NBA, all that stuff, made a whole bunch of layoffs and payroll cuts last Friday. And there are just six NHL sites left at this point. Uh, Habs eyes on the prize where obviously a lot of, you know, that I have written for almost a decade at this point, it'll be, it would have been a decade in September will be demonetized starting uh, March 1st at 12.01 AM. February 28th will be the last day that our site is given funding to operate uh, and that also then pays out to our writers and everything, which means uh, as it stands right now, Habs Eyes on the Prize will be coming to a potential end. Um, we'll touch on what's that in a little bit here. Um, I want to say I've had a very huge range of emotions with this. Uh, Laura and I were talking before the show and at the start of the show is without Habs Eyes on the Prize, um, the active stick is not grown into the hockey community the way that she has been into such a prominent role that, you know, hosting Sirius XM and doing all this work. And now part of lockdown Canadians, one of the, the biggest part of lockdown Canadians, I don't get that same platform to break in. I didn't have any journalism experience. I didn't know anything about writing. I was doing it for college credit and lockdown Canadians would not be the same had it not been for that site to give us that platform to launch ourselves into. And this isn't just a pity party for myself. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. Um, it shook me to my core so badly. I thought I needed to go to the hospital because my body was in shock on Friday night, but it's for a lot of different people. Some people like I've only been working here a couple of weeks and now I find out I'm getting laid off. Like it's a huge launching pad for so many people and you see the outpouring from a lot of other media personalities in other um, markets across the NHL. They know the importance of this because they were there at one point, whether it be at SB Nation or beyond, and that will be going away. And yeah, there are six sites out there being monetized and regulated and whatever. It's only a matter of time at this point. Um, even the people who are left know that sort of Damocles is hanging right above all of this um, your outpouring of support and well wishes has been really, really um, beyond words. Uh, it's been a very emotional weekend uh, across the board. And the good news is we have set up a Patreon and by we, I mean our managing editor uh, has set up a Patreon for that. So we can help kind of mitigate some of the costs because we do pay for subscription services too stats websites and to pay for our streaming platforms in case someone needs to use them to clip highlights or to watch the game to write an article we have that available to us as of right now from what i know from what i'm clued into we don't quite know what's next yet uh we are hoping before that 12:01 a.m thing rolls around on march 1st that we will have something brand new to show you all. 
as of right now, I do not know what it is. We are not going to go down quietly with this. Um, I can tell you that we are not the only site that is absolutely furious across the board. There have been people that we sulked for a couple of hours and then it was right back to work to figure out how we can survive and come back because we know that our hockey communities rely on our daily stuff that they can't always get from mainstream people and everything else. We want to be there for the people who were there for us too. Our communities are important to us as we are to them. And we're making sure that we're going to give it every chance we got to keep this going. I don't know what that step is quite yet. So I just want to touch on a couple of things. Um, one is the coverage there. So one of the things that, that Habs Eyes on the Prize was able to do, which is kind of unique to blogs really, but Habs Eyes on the Prize was really good at this, is covering hockey from all kinds of angles it's not simply just a game recap it's not simply just a daily aggregation of all the links that um that are out there talking about the Habs or hockey or whatever and I gotta tell you as a former writer the daily links post was my least favorite assignment but every day it's where everybody congregates to talk about things right that's the first post of the day. That's where people come in and say hello. That's where people have made friends. That's that's where I've made friends. I've gotten, you know, so much out of that site. But that, like, the daily links is not, it, it's, 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 the, it's the meeting point for everybody. But if you just think about, you know, after a game, there's a next day recap. But there's also a top six minutes. There's also a bottom six minutes. There's also, you know, this is just, just for a single game. There's a game day thread where you can hang out. And it's so populated that there's multiple ones of them in a single game, right? Like that's how much this means to the community. Everybody hangs out there. Like as, as a Habs fan, like I have been a Habs fan for over 20 years now. And I have been a nerd for, you know, much, much longer than that. I'm not going to tell you how old I actually am, but I've been a nerd for a very long time. And so I've been on all kinds of iterations of the internet, you know, sites that have changed names, sites that have disappeared, message boards, the comment sections, Twitter, my own blog. I have been on the internet for a very long time. I, Reddit, uh, hi, shout out to our friends at Reddit, um, uh, uh, the Habs on Reddit uh, folks who we love dearly um, in a very, very deranged way. We love you. Um, and I know you love us in the same way. So. You know, I've been around a lot and there has not been a community that has been consistently, consistently popular, like eyes on the prize. Like that's, that's the thing is like some sites lose their luster, sites change. You look at Habs Eyes on the Prize now and the one that, you know, I helped kind of, um, we didn't launch it, right? Like it existed before, but when Andrew Berkshire took over and recruited me to help out, like it's very different from when we took over and it's very different from before we took over as well, like it constantly changes, but it consistently is one of the most populated sites on the Habs internet. And that's content that should continue. I mean, for me, I saw this, you know, a lot of people were talking about like that top 25 under 25 alone is worth it. The, the depth chart on Habs Eyes on the Prize alone is worth it. The quality of content, whether you're talking about analytics, whether you're talking about prospect reports, scouting, um, columns, humor, podcasts, multiple podcasts, like there's so much 
at Eyes on the Prize that you literally cannot get anywhere else. And I mean, for me, I, I, I take credit for launching Top Six Minutes. It was my idea. It was my baby. It was actually the one thing that I did every night for a while before it started getting parceled out and assigned to other people in addition to myself. Um, and I did monthly columns or weekly columns. I don't even remember. Like there have been so many iterations. And so I was very, very responsible for columns like opinions and humor and kind of the lighthearted nature of it. But at the very same time, there was in-depth analytical um, assessments of the game. And so I just, I can't imagine anywhere else where you can get so many things. And, you know, on this podcast, we try to provide something for everybody, right? We try to be lighthearted. Sometimes we talk about social issues. We talk about on the ice. We talk about analytics. We talk about everything. We talk about news, but we can't do it as comprehensively as a website like eyes on the prize can do. So if you can, please support that Patreon, because these are, these are not just my friends. These are people whose livelihoods depend on this. And as fans, like I cannot think of as particularly English language because I haven't frequented all of the French language websites, but I cannot find anything that is consistently at this level of quality. And I think that that is in itself, like it's something that I'm very proud to have been associated with Eyes on the Price in my past. And I'm very proud that my co-host is currently a contributor and an editor there. Um, and whatever happens, like, I will be I will be supportive of the site um, if if it if it continues and I hope it does in whatever format it does because I know there's good people behind it and I know there's people that work hard that know their stuff it's so so worth it and I'm getting like like yesterday I was angry today I'm like a little bit nostalgic but I think as Habs fans I really think that if you haven't had anything from Eyes on the Prize cross your desk at any point then you must not have access to the internet because <laughs> it's really been like, I remember I was a writer there and one of my coworkers in my day job sent me an article by myself asking, is this you? Like, that's how prominent, and this is back in like 2013, right? Like that's how prominent Eyes on the Prize was. Like it's, it's literally like, it's, it's one of the places. And so if we can continue it, please help. Like I, like I said yesterday, I donated to the Patreon. I retweeted it multiple times. I'll constantly tweet it out. Um, so that these people can get the site off the ground and pay their writers and, and have eyes on the prize for it or whatever name it's going to take. I don't know um, for as long as possible. And like I said, I'm, I'm bad at asking for things. So like I will occasionally retweet that and everything, and we will share what we know coming up. Uh, like I said, everyone has reached out and offered support and uh, an ear and everything else. Thank you so much. It does mean a lot. Um, we ain't going down without a fight, to be quite honest. And uh, if you think you can take eyes on the prize away from the Canadians fan base, you're an idiot. So, um, and that's the most family friendly thing I will say about all of this. The rest of it, uh, you can just DM me and I will pay you and you can uh, get my thoughts for that. Uh, we are going to wrap up the show, though. As always, thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Uh, get us wherever you get your daily podcasts. Find us on YouTube. Subscribe. Ring that bell so you get notified every time we have a new episode. Follow my co-host at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. And we will see you all next time.